Good morning, you listen to FloorDaily.net, and I'm Kemp Har. This morning, my guest is Kevin Wilds, the Vice President of Digital Experience for Mohawk. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. You know, I want to talk to you about this role you have with Mohawk, but before we do that, let's talk about your background. You're one of those that we always chuckle about. You, you got started in the flooring business early, and you're still in it. Real quickly, you went to the University of Georgia. You got a fine arts degree. You focused interior design, and then one of your first jobs is with Mohawk, helping with the Harbinger brand. Then you went in, and you started the Envision brand, and you worked on Pacific Crest. You went to Home Depot, and you got involved in visual merchandising, which is, I guess, stepping away from flooring for a little while and now for the last two years you've been back at Mohawk right? That's right so I got a chance to come back to Mohawk when I moved back into the area just a couple of years ago. What attracted you back to Mohawk? Um, Mohawk is a very different company than it was 20 years ago when I worked here before. They've acquired quite a few companies have really got a definitive set of brands and a definitive way of working that I thought was pretty intriguing and their breadth and depth of product is unmatched, so I felt it was a, a good opportunity to come back and see if I could help out. So let's focus on this quick work you did with Envision and Pacific Crest. I mean, those were two boutique brands. So what was the, the USP? What, was, what, what set those apart that allowed them to succeed? Yeah, so right out of college, actually, I started Envision um, Carpet Systems with Beverly Murphy's. And what we were able to do there, and the reason why I was attracted to that is because we were small and because everybody did a little bit of everything. And I've always been sort of an entrepreneur in that that sense. And really what set us apart at Envision was response. I mean, we sat down with Gensler and we sat down with the architects and designers and asked them what they saw in the market and what they didn't see. And then we were able to respond very quickly back with um, lines of products that they said they needed, and more importantly, they said they would buy. So um, it worked out very well. So looking now at your role, some, some people might scratch their head and say, so here's an interior designer, kind of a left-brain, artistic-type person, and now you're in this digital world and, and actually the leader at Mohawk of the digital experience. Connect that for me. Well, I'm probably a little bit more left-brain, right-brain than most left-brain people, if you will. Um, But at the same time, too, I see everything as a version of design. So ultimately, the digital experience is still a designed experience, whether you're designing a piece of code or designing a, a plan to go to market online and digitally. So I tie it all together. It's all part of one big skill set, if you will. All right, so let's talk about a couple of things that are in the news as we talk about digital. We just saw this week where Sears had filed for... Bankruptcy protection, does digital have something to do with the fact that Sears is no longer relevant? It's, In my opinion, it is definitely part of that puzzle. Um, I think Sears has been having issues for a very long time. Not having explored everything about Sears and ultimately what has led to their demise, the primary things that my understanding is is that they did not change soon enough. So ultimately the world was going a different direction and Sears was holding on to what is now an antiquated model. By the time that they started making a decision to actually start fixing their business and, and working into the, the new way of doing business, including digital, I think it was too late, and it was just too hard for them to catch up. I think you know, Toys R Us had the same issue when Toys R Us went through and basically took their digital fulfillment center and gave it to Amazon. They allowed Amazon to fulfill their orders for them rather than building their own infrastructure and subsequently gave away their business to their competitors. So I think it's a matter of believing that you don't have to change and hoping that things will stay the same or even worse go back to the good old days you know with sears two of the brands you think about is craftsman and kenmore and you know they sold those off so why go back to sears right exactly i mean yeah they took some of their best assets and they they sold them off 
And they're still doing very well, of course, outside of the company. So I think it's a matter of not realizing what your primary um, assets are, you know, ultimately what your best brands are, and then driving them into the future as opposed to trying to manage them as if it was the past. One more question. When you start thinking about the strength of Google, 94% of all searches go through Google, and you think about the strength of the bigger players in the business, is it still feasible for these boutique brands like Harbinger or Envision or Pacific Crest to survive in this today's digital world? I think absolutely. You know, one of the things, you know, if you're starting a search engine company, it might be a little rough today. Um, But if you're not starting a search engine company, if you're not following the exact Google model, Google has leveled the playing field, has as digital in general. So there's a lot of ways to go after it. There are a lot of very small brands that have a lot of influence um, that have really got a lot of brand recognition, a lot of brand equity because of the Internet, because of the way Google works, but also the way that social media works and the way that inbound marketing works. And the price per entry um, for a brand nowadays is actually much smaller than it used to be. It used to be that a brand was a billion dollars and it required um, a lot of work, a lot of publications, a lot of national ad campaigns on TV and radio. And now anybody can play that game. So I actually think the world has opened up a lot more for brands today than they used to be. In much the same way that TV and entertainment has. You know, it used to be that you only got on one of three networks, otherwise you didn't make it as an actor, as a star. Nowadays you can start your own show. There are so many networks, there's so many different ways to make an impact. And I think it's actually leveled the playing field, even though the search area is actually being controlled primarily by one group. You know, at Mohawk, we're learning that most of your outreach for brand awareness is in the digital arena. Talk about that. Well, the reason it's it's in the digital arena is because of the fact that, you know, our money is not well spent by having a national ad campaign that doesn't support or promote directly our um, specialty retailers and our retailers. So really helping drive business directly to them, the digital arena is the best place to do that. It's personal. It's very um, well-crafted and curated for their shopper. And and when she goes to buy flooring, we ultimately want to make sure that she makes it to the dealership. So although our brand is important and we're doing a lot of stuff online to support that, the primary goal is to make sure that it supports specialty retail. All right, Kevin, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for spending time with our listeners again. been talking to Kevin Wilds, the Vice President of Digital Experience for Mohawk, and you've been listening to Kemp R and FloridaLA.net.